was just thinking about that song, but just there's kind of a statement that I've heard before, something about it's down to the bare bones. If you've got something in your life that you feel like it's down to the bare bones, it's time to listen to God and let him speak life into the situation. He spoke to the prophet and said, speak to the bones and tell them to live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is not out of miracles. Praise God. Praise God. I'm sure that we've all had times we've read a scripture over and over and over and one day we read it again and see something completely different in what God is trying to tell us. I want to, the last few weeks, two weeks ago I spoke about wholeheartedness. Last week I spoke about guarding your heart or, you know, against heart attack. I want to talk this week about a heart of stone. And really what we're going to deal with is stones. Stones. I want you just to think about God's word how he uses so often the natural things to teach us spiritual truths. And even in natural things, there's a good side and there's a bad side when he spiritually begins to explain things and we, we see their use. Like the stones that David used to kill the giant, they were good stones. We're going to talk about some stones today that aren't so good. If you'd like to turn with me this morning to Matthew 24... I'm going to read a couple verses to you that, uh, like I said before, I'd never seen this in here before. And as I began to realize what God was speaking to my heart, I began to realize that this uh, scripture really wasn't out of place. Chapter 24 of Matthew, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And the disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, See not all these things. Verily I say to you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Seems pretty simple and straightforward. If you just read those two verses. But we need to go back to 23. I'm not going to read all of 23. I just want to kind of give you an overview of what's going on here. Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees and the scribes. He begins to talk to them about their works and what they're doing. And if you want to go down through the whole chapter of 23, you'll see that he speaks woe to them eight times. Really what that means is this is a warning. Verse 13, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, neither allow ye them that are entering to go in. 14, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayers. 
Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when, you, when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than you yourselves. Woe to you, you blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. And I'm not going to read the rest, so you can go through and read it yourself. But you can see here that Jesus is really upset with what's going on in the temple. And so this adds new light to chapter 24. Through all this, Jesus has just been speaking, and I don't imagine it was in a uh, quiet voice. (laughs) He was dealing with the Pharisees and the hypocrisy that they were bringing upon the people. And that they were doing within the temple of God, a place that was supposed to be holy, sanctified holy to God, a representation of the work of God within our lives. And he comes out. And the first thing that happens when he comes out is that the disciples begin to show him all the greatness of the temple and all the beauty. They don't realize that he's just been speaking against all of that in the temple. And he says to them, see not all these things. He's not talking about the temple. He's talking about all the shortcomings of the religious leaders. All the things that they brought upon the people. All the illusions they've displayed of their knowledge of God. And he begins to tell them, there shall not be one stone left upon another that shall not be thrown down. He might have been speaking about the temple, but really what he was speaking about was the doctrines and the teachings of the Pharisees. They had been building a new temple by their actions, by their works, by their words, by their demonstrations. And it was not pleasing to God. The temple no longer was what it was meant to be. As I said, the temple was supposed to be a holy place. It was supposed to be a place where they could meet with God and God would meet with them. They would be instructed and exhorted and lifted up in the presence of God. Remember what Jesus said about this has become a den of thieves. Really what he was saying, all you're doing is stealing from God's people. You're not giving them anything. You're not doing anything for them that I desire for you to do. So I'm going to destroy this temple, this work that you've made with your ideas and with your hypocrisies. And that's just what he did. That's what he came for. To restore our relationship with God. To restore the true meaning of who God was and what his desire was for his people. But they had built a spiritual temple out of stones, their own ideas, their own values, their own beliefs. And God was tired of it. He had given them, you know, Exact instructions how to build a temple. 
And if you've ever done a study of the temple, you realize that really what the temple was for was to speak to us of what God wanted to do in us. The tabernacle, if you read through that, it was a a type and a likeness of what God did for us. For us. Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. But the temple explains what God wants to do in us. And they had made it something beyond that. They made it man's work and not God's. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16, it says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, for the Spirit of God lives in you. We are the temple of God. We need to make sure that we're building correctly. We need to make sure that we're building correctly, that we're not laying stones that are inaccurate, that are hypocritical, that are against the will and purpose of God. In Matthew 7, Jesus is talking and he said, Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon a rock. Every time you hear the truth of God's word and you place it into your life and begin to act upon it, you've just built another stone in your foundation. Another stone upon the rock. Hallelujah. Building wisely upon the rock. In Exodus 29, I want you just to think about this. God sent Moses up on the mountain. He said, go up there and I will give thee tables of stone with my law and commands upon them. Now the law was good. It was meant, you know, to teach us of God and to teach us of his ways and to show us our liking. And make us realize, you know, that God cared about us. But they became the works of the flesh. Instead of allowing them to work within us, man tried to manipulate them and begin to reach God by his own works. Stones, the writings of the law were placed upon stones. They were good stones until man got hold of them. And if you know the story, they were broken before they were ever even placed into the hands of the people. Moses received the stones when he was upon the mountain. God brought him down. He saw what the people were doing, and in anger, he threw the stones down and broke them. The law was still good. It was the use of man in the stones that ruined the stones. There were ten commandments upon the stones. Man made them into hundreds. Three or four hundred laws that the Pharisees had placed, in a sense, upon the stones. Stone, they became stones of condemnation. They weren't stones of freedom and liberation in Christ. They became stones of condemnation. There was a story in the New Testament. Jesus was confronted by the Pharisees who brought an adulterous woman to him. They said, you know, we caught her in the act of adultery. You know, according to Moses' law, she should be stoned. Stones of condemnation. 
You know the story. Jesus began to write in the dirt. You know, and they kept questioning him and kind of egging him on. And finally he stood up and said, He that is without sin, be the first one to cast condemnation upon this lady. And they all left. And he asked the lady, Where are those thine accusers? And she said, There are none, Lord. And he said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. He didn't condemn her. He didn't condemn her. I want you to think about the goodness of God. In Matthew 7 and 8, it says, you know, if an earthly father has a son that asks for bread, will he give him a stone? If you ask the heavenly father for bread... I'm not talking about physical bread. I'm talking about spiritual bread. He's not going to condemn you. He will give you bread, the word of God, the heavenly manna. Jesus came to restore. We sang about this act this morning. Jesus was crucified and buried and a stone was rolled on the tomb. A stone of condemnation for his life. It was placed there to keep him in. It was placed there to condemn the work, the truth that he said was coming to pass. And as we sang this morning, God spoke and the condemnation rolled away. Not only the stone rolled away that morning, the condemnation that was ours We were condemned because of our sin. Christ said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He rolled the stone away and came out of the grave. So we have to be careful that we're not building a work out of ungodly stones. Talks about how Jesus was cast aside, but he became the chief cornerstone. And in the scriptures, it talks about how that if we build upon that foundation, we need to make sure that we're building with right works, righteous stones, things that are glorifying and true to God's word and character. Hallelujah. What kind of stones are you building with? Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. The stone has been rolled away. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were walking after the flesh. They had taken the law of God and turned it into a human experience, I guess you could say. A religious misconception maybe is a better way to put it. 
They were teaching people to serve God in a wrong manner by their actions and by their words. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. He took the condemnation off of us and placed it upon the sin. Hallelujah. So be careful that you don't have a heart of stone. I want to read 2 Corinthians here in closing. It kind of... Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 3. I'm going to start with two. You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. We're no longer under condemnation. Our story is not written in condemnation. It's written in life, in the fleshly tables of the heart. Christ came to restore. He came to destroy the temple that man had built. The stones of so-called truth that they had placed. He refuted them. He proved them wrong. He showed that he was the son of God and that his word was truth. And that everything he would do and that he did do was for our freedom. That we would no longer be under condemnation. So I want you to think about that this morning. If you feel condemned, who's bringing up on you? It's not Christ. Christ does not condemn. Christ does not condemn. Hallelujah. Do not let your heart become stone. Do not let your heart become stone. Father, I thank you for rolling that stone of condemnation away and allowing life to come forth. Lord, I pray for those in this room this morning within the hearing of my voice that, Father, you would touch their hearts. Oh, that you would remove the condemnation that the enemy tries to place upon them. You would set them free just as you set Christ free by rolling away the stone of the grave. Set us free this morning, Lord, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, and help us not to become hard-hearted or to allow our hearts to become stone. Lord, may we build with righteous materials, righteous stones. Hallelujah. That glorify your name. Hallelujah. We praise you and give you glory this morning, Lord, for you are worthy of our praise. Great is your faithfulness to your sons and daughters. We just thank you. Bless you this day, Lord. Just ask that you would be with us, Lord, as we labor. Give us boldness and strength in your name. Amen.
You're dismissed this morning.